got a neighbor that was here. He's been here a month today, he and his wife. And as of last night, they had caught 97 flounder and they had four keepers. How many, how many days? They've been here one month today. All right, so welcome to the podcast, folks. We're uh, sitting around the table here at San Luis Pass County Park. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for having us again. Kevin yes, Burns welcome. to my right. I appreciate this. Uh, we've got a, a good good group of folks here today to talk about the subject of flounder and anything else you guys want to talk about. It's, it's open slate. Uh, but let's go around the table and make our introductions, and then we'll kind of just roll into the conversation. Kevin, we'll start with you. I'm Kevin Burns. Um, grew up in Freeport. Um, Brazoria County area, Flounder Junkie, Waymaster, and also Park Ranger here at San Luis Pass County Park. And Mr. Wayne? Wayne Pettigo. I live in Cleburne, Texas, but I stay down here about two and a half months a year chasing flounder. Yeah, I'm a flounder junkie, too. For those familiar with the podcast, you go back and listen to one of the first episodes we had Kevin and Wayne on. We talked about more flounder fishing and tactics and things like that, so that's a good one to listen to if uh, you want to hear about that sort of thing. All right, Captain Mark. Captain Mark Frydenberg with Captain Mark's Bass Drop Marina and Seafood uh, out of Freeport, Texas. Uh, I've been a commercial fisherman for flounder for the last probably 15 years and uh, also in the seafood industry for about the last 35 years. And why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, your new place, or fairly new place. Oh, our Captain Mark's Bass Drop Marina, uh, it's located in Demijohn Island uh, off of Hoskins Mound Road. It's a, It's a... It, it used to be known as a former bass drop marina, and we took and we re- renovated the place, and uh, we've made a lot of additions, a lot of changes to it. Uh, we've put in a pavilion as well as uh, the bait camp that we, you know, we can accommodate uh, croakers, mud minnows, shrimp. We carry a variety of bait products for, you know, the angler. Uh, we've also redid all the bulkheads and. Uh, up the up the store and the goods that we're selling there, and so we, we've been very successful, and and we're doing very good at it, and we're we're proud to be there. Happy for the the recreational fishermen to go there. Oh, it's great for the community. Yeah. How many guides do you run through you? Out, Normally, out, out that they don't work directly for us, but there's probably about seven guides, seven different guides that run out of there, and so uh, it's it's bass drops very unique in that you can make it just about any bay system from there you know mm-hmm. you can get your your fuel there you can get your bait and then you can go out and you can fish uh christmas bay bass drop bay chocolate west bay so it's, it's a very versatile place to run out of therefore you know get to the fishing spots and stuff. well one of the other things you have there that i like for my customers are your cabins that you can rent out yes we also and have uh, cabin rentals so that there's want, a plus yeah if you want to stay there over the weekend and to spend the weekend fishing, uh, we can accommodate you with our cabins there also. If I and, could, if I could say some things about um, Mark and what he's done out there at the at the marina since he's taken over, I've pretty much seen a progression of everything that he's been doing, and he's really done a phenomenal job with fixing the place up. Um, I waymaster a lot of fishing tournaments, and he had a monthly tournament series that they were doing for a couple of years that I was there waymastering those tournaments for him. And the venue is also a very good place that people do benefits at. I know that uh, um, Wines Tournament um, is benefit tournaments hosted there. J.R. Wagner's benefit tournament that's hosted there, and I've been involved with all of those tournaments in the past. Well, I'll, I'll echo that because I hadn't gone out there in many many years, about five or six years, uh, until this last summer. We went and fished with Eric 
Kramer. Okay. And uh, wow. Yeah, he's done looks, a great job. Looks phenomenal. So yeah, we appreciate we, it. We're real proud of it, and we, we enjoy the folks out there. It's a, it's a good place. D- Demi John, as a whole, as a community, is a great place, and uh, we're, we're we're glad we can be there in service of the fishing community as well as our own community. Um, what my witness is is everybody that's been out there that's had a benefit or a tournament or anything like that that goes on out there. Mark's always there to take care of them. Yes, thank you. So one of the guides that operates out of there from occasionally. Yes, no, quite. Pretty much all the time. time. I live out there and I operate out of there. My name is Captain Reagan Marshall with Flounder Sniper Guide Service. Um, I've lived on the water my whole life, 52 years, so I've been fishing forever. And, uh, yes, I do live out there, and I use Mark's Marina for our services along with his cabin for our customers. What you do? What'd you do before guiding? Did you I've, been self, did? No, I've been self-employed my whole life. I yep. was in the pond business prior to this, and, you know, a big corporation coming purchased me and then mm-hmm. prior to that i was in the video rental business before the netflix and the red boxes <laughs> and and uh, so i've worked for myself my whole life but in the meantime i've always always fished, fished. and gigged and yeah well uh i'll just i'll just give the listeners a little uh clue as to why we're, we're sitting around this table uh wayne wayne had reached out and, and called me the other night and said hey have you heard anything what's going on with flounder and, and i said well why don't you tell me what you're seeing and um, he told me what what he had observed on the water, and I'm going to let you share that, Wayne. But uh, and and I hadn't just heard it from you; I'd heard it from from other fishermen. So that's why we've got. I think I think we've got a good, pretty good uh, um, representation of different folks that are on the water and are observing angler sides. You know, observing what's going on with the fishery. So we're going to hear your side and what you've seen, and then hopefully uh, from what Captain Mark's seen and, and Reagan's seen and Kevin's seen here at the park. So let's start with you, Wayne, and kind of uh, the reason I like, to, I like to call and ask you a question, you get answers. I mean, I ask you one question, and you bring all this knowledge to the table. And well, I, I wasn't, yeah, I appreciate that. But I, these, I uh, admire that. But I've had a very unusual year this year with lots and lots of small fish. Very few, very few keepers, and I've just questioned in my mind why why is it like this continuously for t- the last two and a half months and uh, I wanted to talk to someone who is out there at night and see what they're seeing. Are they seeing the same thing uh i don't I don't have the answers to it now how far uh, from uh San Luis Pass are you? venturing from freeport harbor to the galveston yacht basin okay most of the time spent right here at, at uh in this area from coal pass back up mud island tidlam tatlam churchill and then you've been fish, fishing nine nine weeks for me how long nine weeks uh nine nine weeks nine yeah. weeks and will you say how many you've filleted kept ten. i've kept ten ten they all swallowed the hook so I kept them. Kevin, have you been seeing anything to back up what Wayne's seeing just here at the park? Well, I'm pretty much working here at the park. I get to witness a lot of what Wayne's doing and seeing the number of fish that he's caught. And it's a lot of lot of little fish, but that's not just Wayne. It's everybody else that's been fishing here in the park. We had one camper yesterday, I think, that caught seven flounder. And out of the seven, they had one that was a keeper. But it's been it's been a really off year. 
as far as the number of, of keeper fish. And I, I don't know if it's the, the run hadn't actually started yet and we're going to have a late run or we have one drastic cold spell that we had almost a 25-degree temperature drop overnight. And I don't know if it shocked them and they, and they slid on out or, or what's going on. It's been a very off year. For me personally, I'm normally tearing fish up myself, and this year has been a, a, a way off year. And Reagan, you you've been seeing some well prior prior yes. when you were able to go out. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing fish when I do go out. Um, I have seen quite a few smaller ones, like y'all are talking about, especially here in the Coles Pass area and Mud Island shoreline area. But the, one of the biggest factors I'm seeing is weather. I mean, I have not been able to get out like I normally do due to the weather. September and October, we had all the bull tides, the storms, Harvey. I mean, just all this bad weather and fresh water pouring down. And I don't know if that's played a effect or not i don't see how it couldn't play an effect in the fish um i've gone out here in november and done a little scouting and just checking things out and one night i may see 50 60 flounder they're all nice keepers the next night i may go out and see four or five but it's all based on tides and and you know what time you go out mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't think that we could we we could figure it out you know, and, and pin it on one thing. I'm sure it's a cumulative effect of, of weather and tides. And, and, yeah, there's something happening with the fishery that I want to share uh, that's been shared with me with Parks and Wildlife. And I think I told you all on the phone. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about it. Because yeah, and, you know, I think it's hard to make an assumption of how the fishery, what shape it's in by, by one off year. You know, uh, before this, we've had an excellent fishery. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot on the commercial sector, they were totally against shutting down flounder in November. Uh, and it's proved that that's probably been one of the best things they could have done because it, you know, it lets them get out there and, and spawn and everything. And, and we've actually seen that our fishery has been a lot better all throughout the year, you know. And, and you know, one of the, the financial aspects of it is, is you took a flounder that you're catching in in that fall run in November and part of de- December, and there was such a glut on the market that you know it devalued those fish. Now that we're not fishing that, you don't see that glut on that market, and you see a consistent price on that fish all year long. And you know, I'm like this: if you have a resource, I feel like you should get the the biggest, the most value for that resource as possible. You know, and and I, I'd like to throw throw in there that you know, yes, I am a commercial fisherman, but you know conservation is also one of our keys uh that we look at because you know that's that's the longevity of our int- uh, you know our industry there so it's hard to make an assumption off of one year i know everything previous to this we've done really well and uh, you know i concur with what reagan said that you know the, the the hurricane last year the bull ties we've had this year you know uh, you know, I, I don't know. Or the rec- it, record rainfall that we had in September. Record oh, so rainfall, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just right, Kevin. blew us out. I yeah. mean, it was just I, I had to cancel more trips than I've made this year due to weather. And that alone, you know, plays a factor why I haven't seen as many as I normally see is because I'm not out there looking. I can't see them. Yeah, and know? the consensus also, it's not just affecting our area. It's everywhere from Sabine to all the way down to South Padre. They're seeing the same thing happening with their fishery. As far as the number of flounder is what we're experiencing yes. here. Well, you can't compete against Mother Nature. I mean, yeah. you just can't. It's going to fix it. Yeah, so that's a good segue into, into what, I, what I wanted to share, and I think I individually shared it with, with all of you guys, and that, you know, Parks and Wildlife, um, you know, they, they do um, independent fishery surveys and dependent fishery surveys, 
you know they do they they're at the docks looking at what folks are bringing in at, at on at their landings and taking measurements of fish and then separate from that they're out on their own pulling bag seines and and running and they run gill nets and uh bay trawls and oyster dredges and all these other things that they do to sample the fisheries well the the bag seine in the spring is a really good indication of recruitment of the the guys that just have gone through metamorphosis offshore and they're coming in through the passes and into the bays and they're actually look like little flounder fingerlings so they're catching those in the bag seines that they're pulling on the shoreline They've done it for 41 years uh, now. So last year, let me back up, 2015-2016, that winter was the lowest recruitment, lowest number of little fingerlings that they'd seen coming in to the bay systems. 2016-2017, that winter was even lower. So they had two consecutive uh, years of the worst that they had seen in their vaccines. And then last year we got a bump because we had a cold. We have a cold winter. There's a direct correlation between cold weather and successful recruitment of larvae into the base systems. When the larvae, from the point that the egg hatches all the way to um, about 40 days old, when they start to go through the metamorphosis process, they're pretty temperature uh, tolerant or intolerant, I should say. There's a very narrow window of temperature that they that they prefer to be in or can survive in. So you get outside of that. If you get too warm your survivability goes down well first of all you skew more towards a male population it's easier to be a male than it is a female it takes less energy so when their sex is determined between 40 to 60 days whenever that happens if the water's a little warm they're going to turn in they're going to be males if the water's too warm they're going to die there's just no survival so we had two super warm winters and that correlated to poor recruitment into the base systems so in talking to this with, with Parks and Wildlife, uh, just at, at various meetings and, and, and stuff and talking to Lance uh, Robinson about it, he said fishermen are going to start noticing that we've been fishing off of that 2014 year class for several, for three years in a row because we haven't had a recruitment class since then until this, this, until this past year. He said people are going to start to see on the water, they're going to observe a fewer fish or catching fewer keepers. And they're going to see more more small ones being caught because that's this, you know, the year ones are coming in to the fishery. So we're in this time period to where we're in between the 2014, 2015 year class and the 2017, 2018 year class. There's not, not much in between those two year classes. So if we get, we got a cold snap already, super warm right now. And today is the November 30th for those that are listening. Um, if we get Another cold winter, that'd be two years in a row we get good year classes, and we can get back, hopefully get, get the fishery rebounded a little bit. But that's kind of what Parks and Wildlife is seeing and what they're saying is going on in, in the wild uh, and with their population surveys. With the colder winter that we've had last year, um, the fish that we're seeing that are caught this year that are your smaller fish, um, do you think possibly that a lot of the fish that are undersized, typically that you think is a male, are, are small females? Yeah, probably it's probably a fifty-fifty split. When the temperature is just right, your sex determination is about fifty-fifty. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you're catching if you're catching ten inches or twelve inches, whatever they'd be this time of year, that's not a guarantee that it's a male. I mean, it could be a, a immature female. So, um, so that's what you know. That's what Parks and Wildlife is 
is is when they're looking at the data and looking at Gulf water temperatures. That's what that's what they're saying is is occurring. What is the optimal temperature for hatch? In Fahrenheit, it's uh, in the upper 60s, like 68 um, is about where you want to be. Um, and, and I think it was not last winter, but the winter before, 2016, 2017, the Gulf temperatures never got, the average never got below 73 Fahrenheit. And that's at the, that's at the edge of what a flounder larvae can survive in. So that's why the recruitment was so bad. So basically it's the offshore water temperatures that yeah. are not yeah. not the inshore bay. Yeah. And they don't all leave. I think we were talking on the phone. Yeah, you know, not they, all the, the adults leave. I mean, some some will spawn in the bays and, and stay and but uh yeah, when when you look at when you look at offshore I can I think I got it on my laptop. I can show you guys. But when you look at offshore water temperatures and you chart that in, in direct correlation to bag sane uh samples and recruitment it's it's an inverse relationship warm winters poor recruitment cold hmm. cold winters uh more mm-hmm. recruitment so makes sense it uh it's so you, you go back to mother nature right you know you know uh, um we can we can we can talk about it all we want and we can try to do things man can try to do things to fix it but with flounder, um, it's it's a little trickier because we're already on the southern edge of their geographic range. They go from Brownsville all the way, northern Mexico all the way up to North Carolina. Um, they're kind of discontinuous around the Keys, but they've got a wide geographic range, and we're at the edge of that. And unfortunately, it's getting warmer and warmer, and so the you'll see the population kind of shift from south further up north and they'll follow the water temperatures gradually over over time if, if the trends continue will south texas may not be a great place to go flounder fishing anymore and they'll maybe we'll get more up here in deeper waters but certainly i think on the east coast you'll see that population shift more up into northern north carolina and maybe even virginia so um. as far um the hatchery in Lake Jackson Sea Center. Mm-hmm. I know that they're in the process of building a new facility that's going to be um, environmentally controlled and actually control the amount of light that they get, which is another factor that helps in their development. Um, what What's the progress that's going on out there? Are they seeing making any strides over what they had been doing years past? Yeah, they've had a really good start to their flounder spawn. I, I talked to the hatchery manager yesterday, actually, and... Uh, They've got several thousand larvae. They've got two batches going right now in the incubation room, not in the new building, still in the old building. But they've got two separate batches going, and um, they're in the tens of thousands of larvae, so they've just got to get them past that metamorphosis process and uh, let them flatten out, and then they can uh, put them in a pond and let them get big enough to before they stock them to the base. But that new building will let them go right year-round basically because right now they're just kind of squeezing in flounder production after they get red drum and trout production done they do flounder whenever they can but with that new building with enough staffing they can just keep cranking flounder out year-round out of there i know years ago when we were younger the redfish population was real bad in the late 60s and 70s and once they started raising the redfish in the hatchery we we had a definite um, notice in the increase of the population the redfish Hopefully that's going to be something that happens with the flounder population as well. Yeah, it's going to help. I don't think it's a panacea, just like I don't think uh, the uh, 
you know, we would thought that the November closure for Flounder would have fixed everything, but then we discover that, hey, it's not fixing it at all. It's helping, but it's not fixing it at all. But the hatcheries are going to help, but it's not a, it won't be a, it won't be a cure-all. Uh, you can't rely on a hatchery system to support an open water uh, bait yes. system as, as big as Texas. I mean, you've got to have habitat conservation. You've got to have sound fishery science. You've got to have good enforcement. You got to have participants that are willing to play by the rules, and, that's right. and uh, that's we talked about key. that. Yes, yeah, that's and that key. brings me to a subject. You know, one of the things is with uh, the better population of flounders that we've had, uh, you're you're seeing and hearing a lot of guys that you know your your bag limit is five fish per night. Well, there's some of these guys are getting sixty, seventy, eighty fish a night because it's it's a resource that's there, you know. And I think, you know, enforcement, of course, enforcement is, enforcement is the key to it. But I, I think they really are to put strict penalties on these guys. Because, um, you know, I would say for Reagan and myself, and I believe I can speak for Reagan on this, you know, in the commercial side of it, we are allowed 30 fish a night is what we do. And, and, and we don't go out every night and go gigging. Uh, but we stay to that 30 fish a night because we don't want to jeopardize the license that we have because I mean one thing is they're very costly and and also you know that that's our we want to continue doing this in the future and so we we play by those rules but I mean I hear and see and I think Reagan does also I mean you got these guys they're, they're 70 80 90 fish a night and some of them are sitting there going I don't even know what I'm gonna do with all these fish they were just there for the catching you know what I mean and so I think that law enforcement really putting uh, a strict penalty on them, I think that's a, that's a must. You I know? think that's key. I, I absolutely think Well, that's it, key it, with it, all the fish, period. Yeah, Not right, just flounder. Right. I mean, yeah. that's it's, all. It's, it's, and, and you're right. And, you know, you see some of the northern. I mean, we all see, uh, what is that, northern law or watch that show, northern law. I mean, they have it so as, you know, they, have, they take your hunting or fishing license away from you and, uh, you know, that that's another penalty they assess to you, not just a monetary fine. So I think really strict penalties on it. Um, They've got to be able to feel the pain. Yes, you've got to be able to feel the pain because, you know, if, if we as commercial fishermen, recreational fishermen, we, we don't do our due diligence on, on watching out for these fish, we're going to be putting a bind and then we're going we, we're gonna to have lower limits. You know, all of us will have lower limits. So I, I, I think, you know, enforcement, uh, that, that's that's one of the big keys. I, I think that is that is probably a third of maybe the problem going on here is, is people over harvesting. You know, they uh you know you're, you're probably familiar with this, but the oyster fishery you know last legislative session we we were advocates for enhancing penalties for um, violations for undersized oysters. Sure, because they were writing hundreds of citations for keeping undersized oysters because because the JPs would give them a slap on the wrist i mean right. the fine was nothing cost of doing business right so um you bump it up though to you know a several hundred dollar fine or a thousand dollar fine up to 2500 whatever a class b is i don't know but you bump it up a little bit and people start to notice mm-hmm. and, or you take their license away right. right and it it can some of those probably don't even have a license but uh there's a number of people that fish without a license but yeah it well unfortunately it's gonna be hard with, to stop the outlaw i mean that's, that's just true. uh yeah. They're yeah, always going to be there. But, uh, you know, I think with social media, and I think everybody sitting at this table saw it, that uh, the game wardens, was it 
Port Arthur. Port Arthur, the Port Arthur, Arthur yeah. busted those guys. Yeah. I think that sends a big statement out there, yeah. you know. I uh, think he had, and, what, he had 100 Especially if he threw on what the fine was and how long they lost their license for, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I no, think that, right. that's volumes right there that that speaks, so. Yeah. No, I think that's a um, – I think that w uh, will be something that, that is achievable and will have a significant impact. I think um, Yeah. we need to – You know, and, and it seems like – I don't know why everybody picks on the flounder, you know. I mean, if the guys that are going red fishing, a lot of times they'll throw all three redfish back. They're their legal limit, you know, and and trout, you know, they're they're good with with whatever, but when they come across that flounder, it's such good food there, you know, that they're, they're we're going to load the boat, baby. You're, yeah. You know, we're going to load that up. That's true. That's so well, it's just a damn good eating fish. Yeah, they are. Oh. Uh, Next to the triple tail, those are pretty good. This is true. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if y'all have any follow up on on, on just what you're seeing, um, but I, you know it's really unfair to ask you that because just because you hadn't, you won't be able to go. Up, you know, I guess December you'll be able to get back out there. And well, I, I, mean, I need to follow up with you guys after that and say, hey, what, so what, what is it like now for you? And, please and do. Say, I mean, or if you just want to go out and go check it out, we, you know, we can go do that too. Yeah. I mean, that's not a problem. Yeah, and I, I extended that offer also. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take multiple people out. Yeah, we can load the boat uh, yeah, and go. We'll, we'll go out and just look. I mean, that's uh, anything that we can do to help the fisheries, we're, we're all in favor of it. That's Whatever. a plus, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, yeah. that's, that's um, something I want to see go on forever. You're right. So, you you operate out out of Bass Drop. Why don't you? Uh, I'm not ending the podcast, but if you want to give a plug for your well, I don't business. need to give a plug. I mean, it's 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 more about the flounder than it is me. I mean, that's well, I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> well, then you uh, yeah. go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Captain Reagan Marshall, Freeport, Texas, nine seven nine two nine two four nine five five. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, Flounder Sniper Guide Service. There you go. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Um, Wayne, you you packing up soon and planning to leave tomorrow or Sunday? Wayne, I wish I'd have known you were here earlier. I do too. Maybe we could have got together. Well, next year we can. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask. Are you you going after this? After this, are you going to come back? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a tough year, but that's. I mean, I got to do it. Just Shane, are you kidding? As soon as he pulls out of the parking lot, he's, he's going to be thinking about him. his return. It's in your blood. I mean, that's yeah. just what it is. It's in your so, blood. So are you yeah. strictly uh, rod and reel, Mr. Wayne, or do you, you you like the gigging? Do you do the gigging aspect of it? Or Well, the I th I think majority of your gigging like in my garage, actually. Do you? <laughs> yes. I, I tried the gigging one year. I wasn't gigging. I, had, I was netting flounder for the hatchery. Right. And... Uh, I figured out pretty quick. I've got to pick one, day or night. I can't do both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Reagan, I'll put you on, on well, the, the table on the spot on something that I think Kevin and I talked about it earlier. Do you feel like there's too too many guys out there uh, boat gigging at night? Do you think that that – well, I don't say too many, but do you think that that pressure is going to or has had uh, in, a, in a population effect? Well, you know, what my thoughts on that are it's so much harder to find a night to go gigging 
than it is to go fishing. You can go fishing seven days a week. Weather has no issue mm-hmm. unless it's just hurricane weather. But gigging, if the conditions aren't right, you can't go, especially in our area where the water's muddy 90% of the time, right. if not longer. So when you do have a good night, you're going to see a, quite a few people out there gigging. I mean, that's just the way it is. So, so as long as you guys have been doing it, do you feel like the the process or the – you know, the, the lights that you use or the technology you use is just advanced so much to where it's it's easier now when you have good conditions? Or is That's a tough call. I mean, the lights we have are great because they're LED, but, I mean, the lanterns work fine, too. I mean, right. it, you could go either way. It doesn't matter. I don't think the, the lighting has anything to do with making life easier, maybe not having to put, you know, combing fuel in your lantern, but. Um, Keep pumping it up. You know, I I can speak for myself. Uh, You know what? I'm using the same. uh, It's newer equipment, but I'm using the same technology technology that I was using when I was a 20-year-old kid. You know, know, I started out uh, flounder gigging with a gig and a lantern. And I figured I couldn't carry a 12-pack of beer and a gig and a lantern, so I had to get a boat. There you go. And so the first boat we started out with was just uh, it was a a flat-bottom boat, and it it was a direct drive motor. There was no steering on it, no throttle. Well, we had a throttle on it, and uh, we we ran that forever. And heck, we probably gig more flounder out of that than all these bigger boats you we've know, been getting. And I'll have to else. agree with you. My first gigging boat was no air motor at all, just pole yeah, with the tide, you know. So, but uh, you know, as far as that, I mean, we're rigging the boats up the same that you know we've always had the same lights, the same motors, uh, everything, you yeah. know. Um, so I, I, I don't think I, I really don't feel like the technology myself has has changed that much. I don't see that being an effect on on the flounder. No, I mean, I, I mean, one effect that none of us has talked about, it, it, and it's a good point in my opinion, is the population. The population of people in this area has You're dramatically right. grown up and down the whole coast. Yep. So therefore, I mean. There's going to be more fish caught. Well, there's a lot more pressure on. on That's our, on, on all species, not just yes. flounder. Yeah, a lot more pressure on the resources, and it's. I mean, everywhere you go now, you'll see people lined up all over the place, and it's sad. A lot of the places that I go bank fish at, um, they're just getting decimated. What used to be a pristine can. Um, oh, they're trashing them. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's terrible. Horrible. Yeah, kind of sad. Um, what all waters do you you generally cover whenever you're gigging, Mark? We'll go to West Bay. We'll go to Christmas. We'll go to, you know, just wherever. You yeah, know, just, you, you know, you got the rivers. Yeah, we we, do, the we rivers, do all the local bay system. But, yeah. I mean, the rivers haven't been very good this year with all the floodwaters coming no. down. Well, I think the water cleared up in the river one time, and that was a brief period yeah. before it, we had another deluge. And so, see, there there you go, the river. I mean, I, I feel like that the rivers are the main mainstream for a lot of those flounder you know and i mean what is this freshwater done is it pushed them all the way out so they're 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 not breeding you know i mean could that be a factor in this that they're they're not able to breed or lay their eggs you know who knows i mean we've had a whole lot of water in a the last two years i think wayne you said that to me you're wondering if, if they even came back yeah, yeah, I wondered that. If come after the spawn, yeah. they come back and hit that fresh water, did they just put on their brakes? Yeah. Or re- the go somewhere else? That's yeah. I mean they they can they can inhabit completely fresh water. I mean they're they they have the ability to do that, but they may not prefer it, you know, at that age in their at that point in their life. Um 
Did y'all see anything change in Christmas Bay? I've been curious because this is where I fish, uh, weight weight fish. But after um, you know got hit pretty hard um, with the oystering and and we lost quite a few uh, mature oysters out of there. Did y'all see anything change on the with the amount of fish flounder that you've seen in that bay system? I'm just wondering if it's hard to say. I mean, last year Christmas was an exceptional year, but we had the weather that allowed us to go out there. Yeah. This year we haven't had the yeah. weather, so it's it's hard to say. Yeah. On the clear nights we have had, I've seen quite a few fish. Um, so I don't know if that oyster really had anything to do with the flounder population at all. That is an interesting point, though, because you've got depleted um, habitat for them. A lot of your juvenile fish may hang and live in them reefs that were decimated. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the bait fish, that's their point. That's their refuge. That's where they hang out. So if you're not supporting that bait fish population, they may, they may be hanging out. The big, you know, flounder may be going somewhere else to follow. Well, the there's a lot fish. of bait fish out there. I mean, there's some nights you can't gig because there's too much bait oh, fish. Yeah. You can't see. <laughs> I mean, there's too much bait. It looks like a football Is that, is that menhaden or are they, are they mullet or what? Both. Yeah, really? Both. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Back to the Brazos River, though, that that's one of the areas that I I love to fish. I grew up yep. fishing it as a kid, and it's been I haven't caught a flounder in the Brazos the last two years. It's just I'm every time I get an opportunity to go, it's washed out. Well, you know, the San Bernard it used to be a, just an awesome place to go flounder gigging, and they reopened it, and I, and I went down there one time, and it, and it seemed like it had picked up, uh, but now it's closed back up again. That's fixing and, to get open really back I up again. I agree. Down there. What's that? No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's one of your, your other streams coming out of there, your rivers coming out of there. Yeah, uh, if the county can ever get their money from the from the feds. That would, that would be nice to reopen up. that up and actually put a jetty or something to keep it open because that, yeah. that yeah. would make a huge difference. Yeah. 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 In all fish. No, for sure. You know, I, I'll talk about something that's kind of unrelated, and, and, and maybe it pertains to this, or maybe it doesn't. But you know, after Hurricane Ike, uh, I'm an avid duck hunter. I'm a big duck hunter, you know. And so uh, we were going to the Bernard Wildlife Refuge quite a bit. And uh, after that hurricane, man, that, that that prairie out there, it was just, it was toast. You know, I mean, it it Too much reminded intrusion. me of, of Africa, the, yeah. the safari or whatever. And so the duck hunting wasn't any good out there, and it, it slowed way down. But then that next year, it got some rain and stuff to it, and it picked up some more. And, and, I, and I always compare it to like a wildfire in the, in the forest, you know, it, it, it makes for good later on. And so progressively as it went on, I mean, now that, that marsh is lush, it's beautiful and stuff like that. And, and how I'm kind of relating to this is, you know, these hurricanes or this water that we're having here, sometimes, yeah, they do disturb nature and they do disturb the fisheries and stuff like that. But as the end of result, it makes it a lot healthier for the population of fish that might be in those waters. And, you know, that's all a speculation on my part. But, uh, you know, I, I, I view it that way. And, and I, I think in the end that it's going to, you know, turn, turn the fishing around or it'll be, it makes it better for everything later on. I agree. They need flushing sometimes. Yeah, it needs yeah. flushing sometimes. You're right, Mr. Wayne. Yep. Well, well, how's everything going with your job change? It ain't job change anymore. <laughs> well, I know it's been a couple of years, but I, mean, years. I knew you forever as the, yeah, yeah, the no, biologist at the Sea Center. It's going good. I get to do things like this and, and talk to different people. It's, uh, it's a challenge sometimes to 
communicate, you know, what I think is going on and, and in a way that's understandable for people or, or to relate to. And then make sure people understand that, hey, I work for I work for a conservation group. And sometimes what I say is my personal opinion, not necessarily what the conservation groups stands for. So that, that's been that's tricky sometimes. So I have to be careful with that. But uh, now it's going good. I get to go around the state and talk about fish. So what's not to like? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, let me ask you before we close out. Um, we I anticipate there's going to be a proposal in January. That's the that's the word. I don't know what it's going to say, but you know they they send out surveys for five fish for speckled trout. I assume it's going to that's what the proposal is going to be. What are y'all's opinions on parks and wildlife moving the limit of speckled trout down from ten to to five? They've they've already done it down south, um, anything south of Matagorda. Now, I don't think it's – me personally, if I can go take five decent trout, that's plenty enough to to fill my belly and to put meat in the freezer. Um, And people that go regularly, 10 fish limit, that's just – that's a lot of of fish. Yeah. You you know, I was just in Louisiana over the Thanksgiving holidays, and – and I believe they're 15 trout over there is what they yeah, can keep. Yeah, on the lakes. Yeah. And, and even the guys over there, the guides uh, and, and some individuals I talked to, they said, why does somebody need 15 fish a person? You know what I mean? You catch enough to go home to take some food fare that you, your wife, can eat and the kids and invite some family over. They said that's plenty of fish. So the guys I talked to over in Louisiana, they, they were in favor of themselves, uh, you know, dropping their trout limit because they are seeing the effects uh and, and you know they're blaming it on cold weather last year mm-hmm. uh, the effects of it uh but i've also done my own survey down there at the marina and and talked to people and said hey how what do you feel about this five fish you know the reduction and uh you know i would have to say 90 percent of them are in favor of it um and, and they have the same i guess mentality as i do is hey i've, I've got enough to take home uh, and also, is it going to help the fishery? And are we going to catch bigger trout? Um, and so, uh, everybody I've talked to, I say they have been in favor. And there's, there's a couple of them that, that have not, but you know, I respect that opinion. You know, they have also. I'm an avid listener of the radio talk show in the mornings, Mickey Eastman and and Benny, and they seem to be in favor of that. And a lot of the people that they talk to on their radio talk show seem to be in favor of it as well. Well, and I'm going to throw something else in there, and I'm in the bait business, you know, but mm-hmm. um, one thing that I have seen is a huge <coughs> reduction in the size of croakers, and I've been seeing that for the last two years, and, I mean, they're they're getting smaller. And this last year, I mean, you know, Reagan, you were down there, the average croaker was about that big. And <laughs> so I think by reducing the size limit or, or the bag limit on trout, I think it might also help them croaker out too because you're not using as many croaker. Uh, and the poor croaker's got a lot of pressure on them, I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the preferred bait, you know. Um, but I, I think that it, it could solve two problems here, and, and that's helping the croaker out as well as the, the trout, you know. That's another thing too, the croaker. Used to, you used to hear massive croaker runs and people catching big croaker, you don't really see that as much anymore. No, no, you don't see the golden croakers like you used to. No, yeah, and you know, um, but you know, I've seen the snapper fishery. I've, I've been in the snapper business forever, 
And, you know, back in the 90s, when you seen that reduction of size on those fish, I think that's a telltale sign that you're overfishing that fishery, you know. Um, and, and that's my, again, that's my personal opinion. You know, yeah. you, you'd probably know better, Shane, than I would. But, um, you know, now, now we know how healthy, you know, with, with the conservation and, and coming up with a, somewhat of a game plan, you see how healthy the snapper yeah. It's uh, unbelievable. Yes, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it, we actually probably have too many fish out there. Actually. Well, the, yeah, the rebuilding plan isn't going to be done till I think twenty thirty two. So there's going to be more no, fish. They, out I, there. I think yeah, they, but one of the biggest things it. I see, you know, once they take something away, like reducing your limits, how often do they give it back? I've never seen it really given back. Now I've, I've yeah. had heard rumors, and this is just rumors, that they may increase the redfish population. I mean, the redfish limits, but. That's but, you know, it goes back really to what you what you had said earlier with population growth and projected growth. It's like, come on, guys. I, you, it's not likely that we're going to get m- more. I would, except for maybe redfish. But right. with anything else, I don't see it. Yeah, I, don't I don't see an see issue with dropping the limit to five on trout. I mean, being a guide and, and talking to other guides, you know, at first it was a concern. Like, man, are customers still going to come on and pay just to go catch five trout? But down south, it hasn't affected them at not all. At so all. it's it's not going to affect it here either. I mean, five fish is plenty. You know what? Person. You know what Eric told me. I asked him the same thing, uh, and he said he 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 wasn't he wasn't necessarily for it or against it. He was more against it, I guess. But yes. because he said he was worried about it putting pressure on those redfish. Because now instead of going out and spending a day catching ten trout, his clients were going to want to go catch their three redfish as well sure. so they're going to work their tails off just to try to catch you know redfish that otherwise would have stayed in the base system right <laughs> so i thought that was an interesting point and, and, no it's and, a very and, valid very yeah. Interesting yeah, it's a very valid point yeah though. yeah because i have heard some customers complain like yeah i've been with a guide and we go out and we catch our trout and we come in i want to go catch redfish but you know it's well, they want to go fishing. They want to go fishing. They want to get their money's trip. worth, right. you know. Yeah. So, and yeah. so, and, and that is, and that is a very interesting point. You know, uh, you don't want to take and try to save something and then put too much pressure on on something uh, you spent thirty years trying yeah. to yeah. build up. Yeah. Well, I know I enjoy um, catching trout in the surf, and this last year and the last few years, there's no shortage of trout in the oh, surf no. at all. None whatsoever. And quality fish at that. Well, I'm seeing that in the bay system, too. You know, in the summertime, there's plenty of trout out there. But reducing it, it wouldn't bother me at all. Yeah. Kevin's got a pretty good situation. He's just on his way to work. <laughs> or on my way home. Or on your way home. Yeah, just Kevin, you're, I'm going to have to keep my number. He can start informing me ahead of time. <laughs> I see his post on Facebook, and I'm like, yep, dude just got off work. <laughs> yeah, I love my job. It's beautiful it's out here. Yeah, it's a good place. Everybody's always happy. 99% of the time, every once in a while, you'll get somebody that's honorary. But it's a it's a laid-back, beautiful environment. Some of the best sunrises and sunsets that you could look to yeah. see. And y'all have done an awesome job with this place, too, Kevin. I mean, you, I, I know KOA, when it was here, it, was, it wasn't the greatest facility. It looks like y'all have done a lot, you know. Thank you. It, it, a nice place. I, I hear a lot of good things about this place. I do, too. I mean, it's always I, full. Anytime yeah. I come pick customers up here, yeah. if I'm not at your place, you know, I get people call me out of this area, I'll come pick them up here, and the RV park's always full. I mean, it's just it's nice, well-kept, well-maintained. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Did somebody sink a truck over here? Yeah. Not that long in ago. The boat ramp, didn't oh, they? yeah, they <laughs> sure did. <laughs> is it, um, is hit, it? The, hit the gas instead of the brakes. and 
next thing you know, the water was over the top of the hood. Oh, man. Um, with the jet skis tied onto the trailer still. Nice. They were doing a, a nosedive into the water, and it was it was exciting to watch. That's not the first time it's happened, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Yeah. Any trouble getting it out, or they just hook a strap no, to it? No, uh, J&M came out with a big, okay. big winch and yanked them on out of there. <laughs> Probably looked like one of those cartoons when they opened the door, huh? Yeah, all the water spills out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, but you know, we've got saltwater recon has a camera system that takes pictures of out of the waterways. We need to have one where it's just uh, the bo- designated you to watch You need to tell Oris. <laughs> I would stay tuned to that. You know, I'd be grab watching. Well, yeah, it's kind of like under the bridge. You can go sit down there and drink a beer and oh, watch yeah, people bay. try to load their boats and unload their boats. And it's a show <laughs> on its own. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 a good activity. Yeah. 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 Well, Shane, appreciate you coming out and doing yeah, the podcast no, no, thank for you. us. Thank you for uh, uh, letting us, for hosting us. And, uh, guys, thank you all. Y'all had quite a drive all the way around the bay. To get yeah. here, so you know, I can. You could It would have been quicker by boat. Yeah. It would have been, and I, I thought can, about yeah. it. <laughs> if we would have been planning ahead a little bit, yeah, we could. We'd been here, here by boat but, without a. Yeah. Well, this was just to just to tell uh, how stand up you guys are. I I called these gentlemen like yesterday afternoon late, and uh, they they care enough about the, the fishery and the subject to uh, you know with with. 18 hours notice to come and and talk about it so i appreciate that very well, we much. appreciate we you appreciate it's an important it all, it's yes. important to get out there you yes. know and, and and save all of our resources that's right right thanks guys thank you thank you good to see you, you.